the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children, the hearts of the children to their parents, so that I will not come and strike the earth with a curse. I mean, here is a verse that speaks of consequences. We are either following God's word, we are either leading as fathers our children to God, or we will in fact see the effects of unbelief in our children's life. There is no middle ground for Christian fathers who are looking for the coming of Christ. Are you with me, men? That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Today on Reaching Your Heart, Pastor Mike will talk to us about covenant children. That's covenant children, and we hope you enjoy it. Before we get started, we want you to know that we believe here at Reaching Your Heart that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, please call us at any time, day or night. That telephone number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Here now is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxenteco. Dear Father God, we're grateful for Jesus, our Savior. We're grateful that in Him we have life. We're grateful that we can start over as parents and mirror in our experience the love you have for us as our Heavenly Father. And help us, Lord, today this message is for the fathers of this church. Fathers that must rise and become what they must become or we will fail to realize the calling for our church. So help us to have ears to hear and hearts to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. Whether he knows it or not, every father has a godlike power to shape the tomorrows of his children who are God's covenant children. In other words, he's a steward of children who belong to God by covenant relationship. Covenant children, born of God, born for God, and born to make a difference, to live forever and to bless God and to bless humanity. Covenant children. This godlike power that a father possesses is so strong that it will mean the difference between life and death and purpose, or it will mean the difference between success and failure. It will make a difference in the world or will fail to make a difference. And to a large extent, a Christian father possesses that power. There is power to shape the future of a covenant child. It is so penetrating a power that it can shape that future for good or ill. Friend, a father can build a bridge from his generation to the next, a bridge of faith and hope, or he can dig a moat that's deep that will prevent the next generation from moving forward in God's plan. A father can catch the bullet of the past generation's mistake in a faith bucket to stop the bullet from moving on, or a father can allow the demons of yesterday to move on and not be that vital agent for change in his family and for the future. A father can aim the gun of anger and hate 
at a future generation by allowing whatever's in him, if it's anger and hate, to go on and on. Or he can deal with it. Become a man of God and his children will be men and women of God. Yes, our covenant children are made of the fabric of our scornful condemnation or the caring approval and discipline of our loving guidance for them. A father's role is huge for children. And every father possesses a godlike power to shape the future of his children or other forces will shape his children. Covenant children are children who are shaped by faith and commitment to God. And a father figure of some form, either a father or a mentor in a child's life, is utterly necessary. I believe that we are at a time of crises in our church on the eve of the advent of Jesus Christ. I believe that Satan has attacked the Christian home He has attacked the Seventh-day Adventist home. Are you hearing me? And I believe that there is a generation of men today who God has called to be fathers, to lead their families, to love their children, to create the fabric of the next generation. And these men have not risen to be men of God as they should. I am speaking today primarily to the fathers of the church. You know, my father made many mistakes in his life. Maybe you have a perfect father. Mine did not. In fact, mine left us. My father was not there for most of his life, but he got one thing hugely right. Near the end of his life, my dad came to God. Miraculously, I was brought into association with him. And I remember just a month or so before he died, he was wrecked with liver disease. He was trying to figure out what was going on. He came to out of a coma. He gathered all his children together, kind of like Jacob gathered his sons to bless them. And as he gathered us, he went one by one through the circle, speaking of his own failures and of God's grace in his life. And then he communicated to me something that I have never forgotten. He said, Mike, God is calling you to be a man of God, to live for him. I will not live to see that day, but I want to see you on the great day when the Lord returns. Live for Jesus. It burrowed into my heart. It affected me deeply at the age of 15. And I tell you today, whatever I am and hope to be, it is because I received a blessing from my father. A father who had returned to God. And God had given him a blessing that has carried me all of these years. My dad told me to live for God. And I believe that every father holds that godlike power to help his children live for Jesus. On the eve of the advent of Jesus Christ, the Bible calls for renewal of faithful fathers and their covenant relationship to their children. The Bible says that we as fathers must choose between the blessing and the curse for our children. In the power of God, we are the ones that turn the key that opens the future for our children. Turn to Malachi 4, verses 5 through 6. I like this passage a lot. It says, Lo, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and terrible day that the Lord comes goes on to say, he will turn the hearts of the parents to their children, the hearts of the children to their parents, so that I will not come and strike the earth with a curse. I mean, here's a verse that speaks of consequences. We are either following God's word, we are either leading as fathers our children to God, or we will in fact see the effects of unbelief in our children's life. There is no middle ground for Christian fathers who are looking for the coming of Christ. Are you with me, men? I'm not talking to the women of the church today. I'm talking to the fathers of the church today. Are you with me, men? Because that should invoke not just an amen, but an obedient surrender to God. We must rise to call our children to God in this generation. Are you with me?
You see, one of the things I've noticed in our culture is that men are afraid to speak boldly for God. Is that not evident today? Are you with me? Are you with me? Amen. We must affirm with our mouths the word we believe and boldly proclaim and live it. So to be passive in this matter is not an option for us. The warning here is clear. We cannot find ourselves there. American families are in crisis condition, and the finger of concern points largely not to the mothers in the Christian world, but to the fathers in the Christian world. Let me share with you some statistics here. The curse of illegitimacy in North America is rooted in a culture that has created a generation of men who are aggressively individualistic and uncommitted to their families. Men who have been taught to be less than men and less than what God has called them to be. Let me share with you now some studies over a brief period of time here which illustrate this point. 23.6% of U.S. children, that is 17.4 million children, live in homes without a father. That's a huge statistic. That was a 2014 study. And in 2011, a little earlier, it was revealed in a study that children living in female-headed homes and these are mothers who are doing their level best to raise their kids with no committed spouse to help them, had a poverty rate of 47.6%. That is four times the rate of poverty for families with a father present in the home. A father's presence, whether he's a perfect father or not, makes a huge difference for everyone in the home, economically and in every other way. A study in the state of Florida looked at the impact of father involvement with infant mortality rate. In other words, just having a father there as the mother is getting ready to have a baby. And here's what they found. A lack of a father before birth was linked to premature births, lower birth weights, and an infant mortality rate in the first 28 days that was four times higher because a father was not in the family. The absence of a father. A study of 263 children, 13 to 18 years of age, teenage children, And they were women seeking psychological help. It found this, that teens from father-absent homes were 3.5 times more likely to have teen pregnancies than in homes where the father was present. A study of 1,618 high school students found that a child's low perception of a father's support, in other words, if they didn't feel a father was there for them, it led to suicidal tendencies later in life. In the 1960s, the average father spent 62% of their life with their spouse and children. Today, that figure has fallen to 43%. Today, 70% of American men ages 20 to 34 are not married. Isn't that amazing? That's the highest figure in American history. We live in an age of individualism where men today do not believe that they belong in a family making a difference for their children and their wives. To make matters worse, up to now... A welfare state has been established. And I believe in welfare when it works for people. And it does for people who really need it and to help them get a boost. But as an option for a cultural niche in our society, we are now in a welfare state that has been established in the last 40 years that gives monthly checks to encourage three things, not marrying, not working, and producing children out of wedlock. Now, I was on welfare when I was a child. What I appreciate my mother was she was always trying to get off of welfare so she could do the best for her family. The breakdown of the American father has certain social consequences. I want to go through them. And they are painfully evident in our culture today. 
When there is no order and respect in the home, there is no order and respect in the larger culture and in the church. Kids without fathers, committed fathers, connecting into their lives, are much more susceptible to crime, to illness, academic failure, social unrest, broken relationships, and a failure to move forward with their own plans for God. When we as fathers forsake our callings as bestowers of the blessing, the children of our family, the children of our church, and the children of our nation receive the curse by default. Society suffers, it suffers deeply, and guess what? You and your family suffer. You know, there is a place for a godly mother, but I'm going to tell you where the real responsibility falls for the collapse of the family and the church and the culture. It's on the fathers of our culture. Because men must be men of courage, Christ-like men of God, to lead as Christ would lead, as mentors or fathers for their children. And that is not happening in our present time. So what do we need? You know, we need covenant children. How many of you enjoyed having these kids up here? I thought about having them stay up here. Wouldn't that be good? I was up here and I was sitting there and I was thinking, man, I would like to sing with them. And Pastor Micah said, well, it better sound good. We practiced. So I didn't sing, but I did enjoy it. The future's not about us. As I was walking in here behind them, I thought to myself, well, I'm kind of a, an aging pastor behind these young kids. Could be that one of them will be the future pastor of our church. You hear me? I mean, so it's about the future. It's about the next generation. It's not about us. And so our role as fathers, as mentor leaders, is to do our level best to not give them a bad example of faith. You know, to be there on time, to follow through with our commitments in the home, in the church, to labor with love in the house together, and to labor with love in the church together, and to model that for our kids. Well, some people say, Pastor Mike, well, my dad never taught me to do that. Well, guess what? You can be the dad that teaches your child to do it. My dad never taught me to do anything like that. He didn't teach me anything, hardly. But he gave me the blessing. I taught my children what my dad never taught me. And I got it on the backside of things. And so there's a call for godly fathers in our culture. Social scientists tell us that there is a greater incidence of social illnesses. Now, this will surprise you. Of incest, child abuse, violence against children among conservative fundamentalist Christians than the general population of the secular world. Now, that's been proven by statistical studies. Why is that? More with Pastor Michael Oxentenko in just a moment. Studying the Bible is vital to our lives, and we would like to help you in that process by providing you free Bible study guides. These full-color Bible study guides are available for you right now if you dial this telephone number, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. We would love for you to call and get your copy of these free Bible study guides at any time. That's 888-244-4673. Now more with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. Now, I'm not a liberal or a conservative. I'm a Bible-believing Christian. And I want to be liberal like Christ was liberal with others and conservative when it's necessary to stand for the truth. Are you with me? 
I don't like labels, but this has been noticed that people who tend to be in the more fundamentalist side of this Christian spectrum, there's more child abuse in the family system. Why is it? I believe in part the answer is rooted in the principle of worship and transformation. We become like the God we worship. The God we bow down to, our picture of the deity, as it becomes part of our psycho personality, affects the kind of fathers we can become. Turn with me to Psalms 115 verse 4. The Bible says their idols, speaking of the heathen, their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths but do not speak, but eyes do not see. They have ears but do not hear, noses but do not smell. They have hands but they do not feel, feet but they do not walk, and they do not make a sound in their throat. Sounds like a lot of husbands, ladies, right? They don't talk and communicate. Now look at verse 8. The psalmist supplies the principle operative in worship that is at the root of why a false view of God can create failed fathers in the Christian culture. Here it is, verse 8. Here's the principle. Those who make them are like them. So are all who trust in them. In other words, it is a rule of reality, of spiritual reality, that we become like the God we admire or we fashion or we worship. And there are too many fathers today who have fashioned God into an idol of their own dysfunctional fancy. In other words, they have a warped view of God and they see God as a warped father and that becomes a warped father figure in their relationship with their children. You see, a father who sees God as primarily an authority figure, that father will relate to his children as primarily an authority figure. A father who worships God as a judge and admires him as an inflexible standard bearer with a stick in his hand that father will see himself primarily as a disciplinarian, not as a father to guide and to lead his children. A father who believes that God has forsaken him, maybe because his dad forsook him, will, if he latches onto that as a view of God, will most likely forsake his children in some way or another. A cynical faith toward God results in cynical relationships with children. A father who lives in fear as he worships a tyrant of God will most likely be tyrannical. A father who sees God as an, let's go to the other spectrum, as a warm, fuzzy figure God, kind of weak, just a lovable dad type, but without the attributes of strength and decisiveness, that father will become weak and dysfunctional in his home. He'll be unable to act when a father must act in behalf of his children. A cold and indifferent God means a cold and indifferent father in a child's life. An abusive concept of God leads to an abusive father in the church who acts out his religion to harm his children. So, I mean, this matter of worship is not neutral. We need the church to form the right view of God, the right spiritual perspectives, so that family systems are encouraged in the church. I sometimes hear theologians talking about God in ways that are silly. And I recently heard one speaking about God and saying God would never act to destroy evil. You ever hear that? Because God is a God of love. Well, I'll tell you right now, if somebody comes into my family, into my house, after my kids, you know, my son has Charlemagne's sword in his room. If you came over to our house, I had to open the car door with it, stuck it through the window to hit the latch. I locked myself out of the car. He goes right through the window, and boom, I can get the auto lock. If someone comes through my door after my kids, Charlemagne's sword is in my hand. Well, what should we do as men? What? We should be protectors of our family and children, right? Now, what does that require? It requires strength and decisiveness as a man of God. 
And so if we believe that God doesn't have strength and decisiveness, He can't act to intervene and defend our family, what kind of fathers do we become? So our view of God is huge here. You don't have the right view. You don't have the right role in your family. A God who cannot act decisively in the mind of a worshiper produces a father who cannot act decisively. And thus the father will fail to be strong when he must rise to stand in the gap for his children as only a father can do. I'm speaking to the men of the church here today, and I've said that before. Our view of God has a lot to do with our notion of fatherhood and manhood in the church. The God you worship, friend, is the kind of father you will become for your children. I'd like to share with you this morning five features of God's fatherhood with you that should better establish our roles as Christian fathers for our covenant children. Fatherly feature number one. God, as our Heavenly Father, is committed to His children. You say, well, that's obvious, Pastor Mike. No, it's not so obvious. Do you realize that if you don't feel love for your family, if you don't feel love for your spouse, but you are committed to your spouse, and you are committed to your children, guess what you are? You're a loving father. Feelings can come and go. Your commitment to your family defines who you are, your character as a loving parent. Stability in the father here is critical. Look at Ephesians 1, 3 to 5. Here's God's attitude toward us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, how? How does it say? In Christ with every spiritual blessing where? In the heavenly places. God took the blessings of God and put us in Christ, right up there in the presence of God. Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. Verse 5. Now, I don't know about you. You know, if someone comes to me as a father and starts whacking at my boys, saying how bad they are or whatever. Now, my boys are imperfect. You ever have imperfect children here? Raise your hands if you have some imperfect children. You got some imperfect children? I have two imperfect boys, but for me, they're pretty close to sound. You with me? Oh, sure, technically they're imperfect. But they're tack on as far as I'm concerned. I call them, I pray for them, I look at the rough edges, but I know their attitudes are right. They're trying to grow, become godly men. They are in the process. They are godly men now. And so when someone comes to me and says, well, I think there's a serious problem that you have with your boys. And says, what is it? Well, they like to climb rocks a lot. You know, they ride those motorcycles a little faster than they should. You know what I think of that? I don't think much. Because I am proud of my boys. I am proud of them. And you see, God, because He has adopted us in Christ is proud of us in Christ. The affirmation of justification by faith, of God's good verdict for us in Christ, is that of a father. He destined us in love to be His sons or children through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will. Notice the key words here. Blessing, chose, purpose, destined. A father, by his view of his children, can destine, give them purpose, can choose an outcome, and children will script it based upon the father's blessings. Fatherly feature number two. As our heavenly father, God has no spoiled favorites. Now, what do you mean by that? Who is God's ultimate son? You know the answer. Jesus Christ. Does God put Jesus on a pedestal above all the other children of the universe? Yes or no? Well, some said yes. Now, he's made him Lord. 
So in that sense, authority. If you give something for something, it means you love that something either more or just as much, right? So if God gave Christ for us, it means God treated us with equal value as the Son of God. Are you with me? That's what I'm getting at here. So God has, as our Heavenly Father, in terms of how He views every one of us, we are just as valuable to Him as His Son, Jesus Christ. Look at John 3.16. I don't get tired of this verse. For God so loved the world, that means me and you, that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. In verse 17, I like this part. For God did not send the Son of the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. God gave us Jesus not to hang us out to dry, not to condemn us for our sins, but to make us part of the family. Fatherly feature number three. God as our Heavenly Father is tender and compassionate for all of His children. I have two boys. One is John Michael and the other is Donald. How many of you guys know my children here? Most of you do. It's hard to get them home because they're always going on some adventure. <laughs> I'm going to go for spring break down there and I'm going to do some fly fishing with them and they're going to try to get me climbing rocks and stuff. And I don't know, but I'll do my best. But one thing I've learned about these boys is they're different. One is better academically than the other. The other is better as an athlete than the other. Well, unfortunately, we're going to need to leave it right there today. We are completely out of time. But please join us as we continue this message next time. Covenant Children. You can listen online at reachingyourheart.com or download a copy to your personal library. Once again, that website is reachingyourheart.com. We'd love for you to go there and visit now. You'll find an opportunity to listen to this message again, as well as many other messages archived there for you. That's reachingyourheart.com. We're excited about this wonderful book entitled Soul Care, and we'd love to give you a free copy. It's a short 64-page volume all about becoming a whole in a broken world through a personal relationship with God. Once again, that telephone number is 888-244-4673, 888-244-HOPE. If you've been inspired by this message and want to partner with us to further spread these messages and keep us broadcasting on the air, then we welcome your partnership. And you can give a donation of any amount. We thank you for your support. Once again, that telephone number is 888 888- 244-4673. If you're in the Washington, D.C. area or passing through, we'd love to welcome you to our church family. Stop by Reaching Hearts International and join us for a worship service every Saturday at 11 o'clock or Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. The address for the church is 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Thanks for listening today. We hope you'll join us again next time for another Reaching Your Heart. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.